today we are going, well, I am going to be talking to you about proprioception. I'm going to give you a brief introduction and I have the saying, when in doubt, use proprioception because um, it's just so, so, so phenomenal. Okay, if we look at our aims for today, we want to explore the proprioceptive system, uh, look what it looks like when you have difficulties with your proprioceptive processing and then some strategies for treating proprioception difficulties. Okay, there's just a recap again about sensory processing. It's how our nervous system is receiving all the information and turning them into appropriate responses so that we can essentially do what we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis and be successful at, at what we're doing. So before we've spoken that you have your four functional senses, which is your sight, your hearing, your smell, and your taste, and then our foundation senses, which is touch or the tactile system, which we've discussed before, balance, which is your vestibular system, and that's all about your balance and your movement, your body awareness, which is a proprioception, and then your interoception, which is just super, super, super important as well. Again, in terms of proprioception, you can be under-responsive or over-responsive and it really is going to impact your movement, your motor functioning, your motor output. So that is where we come in and we talk about our um, somatosensory dyspraxia in your postural disorder. So we're going to touch a little bit today on posture as well because it is just super important for proprioception. So I want you to think about yourself now as an adult and in terms of your proprioception, have a think about whether you or anyone you know tends to bump into things. Do you use too much or too little force? Um, do you find that sometimes you break things just because you hold them too tightly? You drop things easily? Um, you have trouble chewing? Spill liquids? Um, do you think of yourself as clumsy? Do you prefer to stand while you're working? Do you find that you need to be moving in and out of your chair while you're eating or you're doing work? When you do physical activity, do you find it organizing and calming when you are perhaps irritated or annoyed? Um, so are you the type of person who needs to go for a run or a walk after um, a tough day? Do you ever find that when you're concentrating on something, so perhaps putting on eyeliner, that your mouth does all sorts of things or you stick your tongue out while you're doing that? Um, do you tire easily with any physical activity? Do you find that you slump while you're sitting? Um, you chew with your mouth open? Any fatigue in your hand when you're writing? Or you're just slow in eating? All of those have an underlying um, link to your proprioception. So really what our proprioceptive system allows us to do is to move around a room with ease. Um, you know, when kids come, it's are they able to navigate an obstacle course? Okay, are they able to maintain the posture that they need to sit upright? And that's going to help develop those gross motor skills and be able to do things which are perhaps more complex from a fine motor skill point of view. Okay, it allows you to just automatically adjust your body 
and just manipulate what you need to do. You are going to really skillfully guide your arms, your legs, your limbs when you're doing tasks without having to look at what you're doing constantly. It's going to give information to your brain about where your body is in space and what you're doing. So I know right now that I've got one leg crossed over the other and because I'm chilly, I've got my left hand clenched in between my legs. Um, okay, so I know that that's happening. Our proprioceptors are located in our joints and our muscles, and that's going to tell us where our body parts are in relation to us and how much force they need to apply to any given task. So if you think about doing something that requires a slow and controlled movement, we use this to help kids to um, focus on, on their breathing or when we do breath work. So it's a very slow, gentle movement. Okay, my shoulders are fairly still. My arms are moving in very slightly. I'm doing it nicely and slowly. So what's happening there is that but three kind of areas you've got your um your muscle spindle so it's all about your muscles and that's going to say how much the muscle is stretching and contracting and the rate at which it's doing it okay we're then going to think about within all of that you have your tendons and you're going to monitor the tension within those tendons and you're then going to be able to monitor the stretch in your joints Okay, so if you clench your fists and you hold it there and then you just let go so you can feel the stretch, you can feel how much tension your joints were under in that, um, in that example. So just super important. When we think about really complex movements, it's being able to position yourself in that movement, to hold that movement and be stable in that movement, okay? So if you think, for example, about standing on one leg, um, that can be quite tricky for some of us when we will um, we'll often have a little step, which is quite spongy, and we'll get kids to stand on that just to see how they are doing the tiny little adjustments needed to keep themselves stable. So it's your foot muscles, the joints, your leg, tiny, tiny movements are happening all the time so that you are able to stay stable and not fall. When we think about grading our force, so if we use too much force or we use too much speed, we might end up breaking things, okay? So you'll see kids who press so hard that they break the tip of the, um, the pencil. Or if you use too little force, then you're not going to be successful. So those kids who write so lightly that actually you can't really see what they are doing. Um, so if you think about it, you are grading force all the time just it just happens naturally your proprioceptors are doing all that thinking for you because we're not thinking about it it's just happening all the time okay so 
earlier, like I was saying with my drink, when you bring your drink up to your lips, it's being able to lift it with enough force that it actually lifts off the table. Um, but also you don't want to lift it with so much force that you grab it up and the drink goes everywhere. Okay. When you use too little force, it's just not going to reach your mouth. So that's how we talk about grading um, the force. So if you think, for example, when you are hammering a nail in, okay, if you hit it too hard, it might bend. Um, if you hit it too softly, it's not going to go in. Okay, think about when you are cracking an egg. And I can remember when I was teaching my kids to crack eggs, it's kind of if you tap it too lightly, nothing's going to happen. If you tap it too hard or too quickly, you're going to end up with an egg all over. Okay, so that your proprioception is really what's going to allow us to move into the right position with the right speed and using the right amount of force required for that one activity. Um, if I think of this weekend, I painted our bathroom. Um, it was the first time I've ever painted a part of our house on my own. Well, actually, it was the first time I've, I've painted. And there was so much required in terms of those fine movements. So when you are cutting in and doing the fine work, there's quite a bit of kind of precision that's required. In true ADHD style, I could not bear the thought of having to tape everything down. So I just cut all the lines in. Um, and then there's, if you think about pouring the paint into the tray thingy um, and quickly lifting it so that it doesn't go everywhere. And then using the roller and using the roller in there, getting just the right amount of paint on there and then having to then paint the walls with the roller and paint the walls with the seat um, the ceiling with the roller. So it's, um, yeah, if you, it's, it's just so important, our proprioception and we just don't think about it. Okay. Um, when we think about your muscle tone and your balance, so these really go together so, so well, your proprioception, your muscle tone and your balance. So muscle tone is, um, refers to those constant contractions your muscles are making when you are still, okay, because they need to do this like equilibrium of elongating and shortening, contracting this whole time to keep you still, okay? And what that allows us to do is to increase or decrease the tension in our muscles when we are moving. And it's really, really common to see kids who have reduced muscle tone. When you have reduced muscle tone, it's really, really going to affect your postural control and your stability, which is just... Um, a huge part of everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? Then when you think about your balance, as we spoke about last time, your, um, your balance is really, really supported by your vestibular sense. And your vestibular sense is going to work 
almost hand in hand with your proprioception. Proprioceptors are going to give our brains all that information about where our body is and it's going to help with the balance. So, for example, if you step onto an unstable surface, so if I step onto a large crash mat or a wobble cushion, my vestibular um, in, um, apparatus is going to give information from my inner ear into the change of my head position and then I'm going to get proprioceptive information about the position of my ankle, my hip, my knee, okay? Um, so, yeah, they work just really, really well together. And that's going to help you to know whether you are upright, to stop you from falling over. So with a low muscle tone is something we see quite often. But also, if you think about the number of, of young people and kids who I see who have hypermobile joints, hypermobility is when in simple terms you're quite bendy okay and what that means is that you're not going to get the adequate information from your joints so those kids have to work even harder to get that extra stability okay um, and that just is just it's exhausting basically um, makes things just really really tough so what does the child who is struggling with processing proprioceptive inputs look like? Um, so we've got kids who are seeking proprioception and then we've got those who are under-responsive to proprioception. Okay, um, so if you are seeking proprioception, that's going to be the kids who can't sit still. Okay, so they are constantly, they don't just walk anywhere, they have to run, they have to bounce, they have to jump, they gallop, they skip, and they're constantly just moving, they stomp. You have kids who will come and they'll slap their feet down really hard when they're coming up and down stairs, for example, um, constantly tapping, constantly jiggling their legs. Uh, these are the kids or the adults like myself who will to our nails because we need that extra feedback. We're biting, we're chewing gum, um, constantly crashing or seeking to crash, uh, clapping and just needing to constantly be moving, okay? Um, when you have the kids who are under-responsive, what you'll find is that they might lean constantly because they can't physically hold themselves upright they'll accidentally bump into people they won't necessarily also know their own strength so when they go to touch someone they will use far too much force and the other child will say he pushed me over um, you might find that these are the kids who slump at their desks they appear weak they appear clumsy um, and they just look really awkward when they're moving these kids, when you take away their vision, they really struggle to do tasks. So they have to look at what they're doing. They have to look at what their hands are doing. So it's, um, I, I quite often set goals for kids when it comes to tying shoelaces. It's, yeah, it's not just to learn how to tie shoelaces, but it's to learn how to tie shoelaces and be so efficient at it that you can look up at your friend 
in the changing room or on the football pitch while you tie your laces. Okay, so it's that type of, of skills that is going to affect your day-to-day. Um, quite often, they these kids are passive. They look passive. They tire easily. Um, they really struggle just carrying things around with them and they'll avoid playground equipment. You can have um, kids who are over-responsive to proprioceptive inputs, and that's quite rare. So that would be where they can't have anyone moving their bodies, hugging them, um, they won't stretch their limbs or anything else. They'll be really rigid and quite tense in their posture. So when we talk about proprioception for learning and work, if you can't sit still and know where your body is, what you're going to end up doing is you are going to move about constantly to get more proprioception so that you can get more feedback about where you are in space. Um, If you use too much force, you're going to be slamming doors, you will push your peers, you will break pencils. Um, If you're using too little force, you're going to struggle in PE because you're not going to throw the ball hard enough or kick the ball hard enough, okay? Um, You're going to have poor pencil pressure. And if your body is not processing all of that proprioceptive input well, then your movements are going to be really uncoordinated. But it's also going to take a lot more effort because you are thinking about what you need to do. And this can be really, really frustrating for adults and kids because they are absolutely trying their best, but their bodies are just not responding how they want it to, or it's not responding the same way as their friends' bodies are responding, okay? This is where if you have a child in your class, um, so for all the teachers listening, who is constantly moving, so you've got the kids who are sitting on the edge of their seat or they um, are just constantly jiggling and moving the whole time, those kids are actually the ones who quite often are focusing really, really well. And what I see time and time again in classrooms is that teachers say, sit still, sit still, sit still. And actually, that is cognitively one of the hardest things to do. Okay, so just sitting still, that child is going to focus all his energy on sitting still and not moving, and he is not going to take in anything of the lesson. But, you know, like my kids, when they were little, when they were learning times tables, my son would be upside down or he'd be walking around the room and I'd be trying to say, you know, how on earth can you be learning? But ask him a question and give him a sum and he's, he's able to answer that because he was able to get the feedback that he needed. So teachers, parents, let your kids move. I'm sitting, for example, on a wobble stool from Costco um, and I literally move all the time. And sometimes I go overboard and I realize, oh, I'm about to fall off um, because we just 
that's just how we're wired. Um, we need to move. We need to jiggle. Um, if you're sitting in a meeting and you are doodling, that's to help you focus. That's that proprioception coming in. When you're jiggling your leg, that again is to help you regulate. Okay. Um, one of the big intervention things that we do is we talk about heavy work. So you will always see heavy work, heavy work, heavy work. You can't go wrong with heavy work. So heavy work is any activity that's going to activate your proprioceptors and any activity that's going to provide resistance. So think of baking bread or kneading bread. You've got to really get in there and do that resistive work, okay? When we talk about heavy work, we try and incorporate a lot of push-pull activities. So pushing and pulling a wheelbarrow, a shopping trolley. I'll often, um, well, because I have ADHD and because I get overexcited quite quickly, I won't necessarily always tidy up after each session. But my thinking for that is the next child is coming in can help me tidy up. So they're going to activate their proprioceptors and they're going to get all the hard and deep resistance work. So really it's, um, it's a cleverly thought out strategy. Okay, where you think about pulling, pulling doors, pulling boxes out of their places, pulling toys, um, carrying items. So that, again, is going to involve a lot of resistance. Yeah, when you move your body in any way that's going to activate the proprioceptors, that's when you're going to get your heavy work. So you're going to be moving with or against resistance. So what we say about... Um, heavy work, your sensory integration theory tells us that proprioceptive input is going to help to calm and organize the brain. So that's why we generally will always say, try and get heavy work in there because that's going to regulate your system. It's going to calm the body down. Okay. Um, use it before and after activities when you have had that sensory overload. So if um, quite often I'll say to kids, if you know you're going into um, an activity that makes you anxious or where you find it just a little bit too overwhelming, then try and do um, some heavy work. So that might be jump squats for the older kids. It might be burpees. It might be just running on the spot really quickly and then doing some palm pushes or some table pushes, okay? And that works really well before and after anything which is causing that sensory overload. Um, we would always recommend that you incorporate proprioception. When you have a, a child or an adult who has got sensory sensitivities, particularly if they are tactile defensive, okay? Um, it just works beautifully to incorporate your proprioception with your touch. And it is um, a really good organizing strategy for all those sensory seekers. Quite often what you'll see in OT reports or OT recommendations is 
squashing. So when you roll a child up in a mat and make a hot dog, or when you roll the peanut ball over their bodies, when you recommend brushing, and when you use weighted objects. Now, it's really important to note that those are actually really looking at your tactile system. So you, when you squash, so when you do that deep pressure, that's used for organizing your tactile system and it's activating your touch receptors, okay? So when we recommend um, you giving your child a massage, that is going to be activating their deep pressure um, receptors, okay? If that child is going to give you a massage, they're going to get the deep pressure, but they're also going to get that heavy work from using their hands to do that massage, okay? When we think about weighted objects, um, I thought I should bring this in because we quite often um, hear about weighted blankets. Again, when you have a weighted blanket on your bed or just a heavy quilt, that is not the same as heavy work. What that's going to do, it's going to activate all your deep pressure receptors. And as you know, that is going to be really organizing and that's why you end up sleeping better. When, however, you are moving constantly under that weighted object, that's then when your proprioceptors are activated because of that resistance, because you're trying to move through the weight of, um, of that weighted blanket. So I hope that makes sense. Other bits of intervention that you can try is, so as I was saying, it's the peanut ball roll. And that is where you will get a child to lie on a peanut ball on their front, roll forward, and when they're rolling forward, they're pulling themselves forward. So they're getting all of that feedback through their shoulder joint, elbows, wrists, fingers. Okay, so you're getting a lot of resistance through the upper limbs. And that's when all your proprioceptors are going to be activated. Quite often we'll say carry heavy objects, so um, weighted jackets, because when they are moving, it's not just the deep pressure, but it's going to activate their proprioceptors. Um, just having a backpack filled with some heavy items will really give a lot of feedback. Okay, we um, there are a number of things that you can have. So around the chair legs, you can put some TheraBand or some um, something stretchy, and that is just something that the child can kick their legs again, so they're getting that movement the whole time. You can get foot fidgets, which is like a, it's a cone set on a base and you can then move your, your, um, your feet like that. I quite often say, if you're going to use something like a wobble cushion, that is quite an easy way to get additional proprioception because they can sit on it and it will wobble. So it, if they do move, they get extra feedback, but also you can put your feet on it. So if you put it on the floor, when they're jiggling, they're going to get extra feedback with that as well. Sitting on ball chairs, really, really easy to do. Um, if you don't have an actual ball chair, because they do tend to be quite expensive, you can just get um, a, a therapy ball, which have like little 
they look like little udders underneath them and that works really well as as a ball chair um, a tea stool is made out of wood and it literally looks like a tea and the child has to balance on that one single point and it's amazing when a child is really seeking proprioception and you give them a tea stool most of us would go, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to balance on that. But you put a child on there and suddenly it's almost like they're going, oh, this is exactly what I needed. And they can then focus. Really important to note that if you are using any alternative seating, so if, for example, you want to use a wedge cushion, which is quite often recommended by OTs for kids who are struggling with their posture, for example, just remember that those kids who are struggling with their posture are finding it hard as it is. So to then sit on a wedge cushion is working extra hard for them. So I'll always say, have it on for say 20 minutes, then change the seating, okay? Because those kids have that postural instability, they have the weaker muscles. And so it's gonna be even more exhausting for them. Um, we talk about using therapy, or Play-Doh, um, deep pressure touch. So peer massage is a really nice activity to do in a group. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really quick and just gives chance for that kind of real slowing down, the real organization um, and works really well to teach that with breathing as well. Um, we talk about vibration. So vibrations really a form of depression and proprioception. So we might get a child to play with a vibrating toy, for example, to get that extra feedback. We might get them to sit on a vibrating pillow, um, something like that. Okay. Um, we will often give little hand fidgets and the the idea with a hand fidget is that it is discreet. It is easily accessible um, and it's not going to be used as a weapon. Um, quite often you give fidgets and they get flung around and swirled around. So really think about um, the fidget that you're going to give that child. Um, for those kids who need to chew all the time, they are going to be going to look at giving them chew buddies or chewy gems, you get jewelry. You can get these amazing little pencil toppers um, that go on top of the pencils that they can chew or just pencil fidgets. Um, I do recommend gum when kids are older and you know that actually that child really needs the gum to focus. Um, I don't recommend gum very lightly because it just goes everywhere. Um, but generally, if a child really needs to use that, then they will use it appropriately. So if you think about the activity of using cutlery, it's looking at the pressure, where the pressure points are, how um, the body is being turned to get to that um, sausage or the food that you're cutting up are their shoulders elevated for extra stability so everything additional that a child is doing is going to mean 
more fatigue for them okay it's going to be harder for them to do okay when we um i mean you can see the um when the grips is is um it's going to make it really hard really awkward and it's going to be tiring um and they're just some more it's thinking about just that task of how you're holding the fork how you're holding the knife and using that um think of the number of kids who do their writing but then they slump or their heads go onto the table or they are you know putting their heads in their hands because they actually just can't physically keep themselves upright if we go on to just things you can do at home that will get proprioception engaged you can do things like have them help you put the washing into the washing machine if your child is just running about like you say just wildly just up and down and seems to have no kind of focus i would say get them to add in a mission or get them to do an obstacle course so they have to think about what they're doing it's not just running up and down wildly they've got to say to them can you go under something can you go over something so then they really have to think about how they're using their bodies and when they have had that mad moment of running and they seem really really hyper that's when you want to do your heavy work and get that heavy work in so when you then have that moment where they are just re really really hyper that's when you really want to incorporate huge doses of your heavy work so you're going to do a lot of pulling um tug of war or getting them to just things that they can do around the house for example is pulling wet washing out of the washing machine that's an amazingly organizing activity because actually it's quite hard um you know putting it into the washing machine things like sweeping in the garden using all of those muscles pushing a hoover along you know that's all really really heavy work if you type in into google core exercises for kids you will get hundreds of of ideas